Good morning. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we are thankful that you're with us. We're calling the month of February Volunteer and Staff Appreciation Month. Our volunteers and our, our non-pastoral staff are really at the heart of what we are trying to do as a church. The body of Christ is at its most effective, most God-glorifying place and season when when believers move from simply spectating, but they move to engage in ministry using their gifts and abilities and experiences and personalities and all that God has given them, using those for his purposes, for his kingdom. And hopefully you've been uh, trying to find ways to show love and encourage one another the past couple weeks. The last two Sundays, we've charged you to encourage one another face-to-face, and then last week, encourage one another using written words and a note to one another. Another way to show appreciation, to encourage volunteers, is by joining them, by not just saying thank you for serving, but saying, you know what, I'm going to join you because I don't want you to serve alone. When I'm out raking leaves in my backyard or I'm, I'm out working in the yard in my uh, outside, all right, it's, it's a huge blessing to me when my children come out and serve alongside me or with me. It'd be encouraging if they shouted from the window, thanks, Dad, thanks so much. It'd be encouraging. It would be, and I would appreciate it. But it really is a blessing to me when they come alongside me and serve with me. So today, in your program, you've got a card called I Want to Serve. You want to pull that out and look at it. Some of you are already serving in some capacity, and to, to you we say thank you, and you are loved, and we are so grateful for you. Others of you are not serving at this point, or maybe you just stepped out of serving, and you're, and you're figuring out where to jump back into or where to serve now. And... Um, I'm saying it's time to get in the game. So look at that card. Fill out that card, your contact info, some details about how long you've been coming to Crosspoint and if you're a Crosspoint member. And then under, underneath that, there's some specific areas that we uh, could use some help in, some opportunities for you to serve. If you're brand new to Crosspoint and not a member yet, uh, but this is your church home, you're ready to serve, you're ready to uh, get involved, you can start serving in First Impressions, which is everything from parking lot to greeting to ushering to uh, just making people feel loved as they, as they walk in, whether they've been here 10 years or whether they just walked in for the first time. Our audiovisual team running sound, running the video behind the scenes. Our closing team, uh, which kind of closes down Sunday mornings and prepares the building and the, and the space for the next ministry, the next event to happen. Or helping set up and tear down sun chasers on a couple of Sundays a month. That, that, that opportunity is there as well. Uh, if you've been here longer than six months, you're you've already gone through Discover Crosspoint, you're a Crosspoint member, then you can start serving in any of those areas I just listed, as well as our worship band. If you play an instrument, if you sing, if, you've, if God's gifted you and abled you in that way, I'd encourage you to talk to Eric about that. Sun Chasers, specifically we have opportunities in, in caregivers, in nursery caregivers, both baby and toddler, as well as a teacher's assistant for four-year-olds. So or maybe there's not even an area listed there, but that's where we put the other. So if there's something else that God has put on your heart, then write that down. And you can turn that in at Guest Connections after the service. By checking a box, you're not committing to a 20-year career in the nursery or 20-year career as base, although one guy's been going half of that already. So maybe, maybe you are. I don't know. Um, but what you are doing is raising your hand, saying, I'm interested, I want to serve, put me in coach, I'm ready to play today. Look at me. I can play center field. Nice job. So fill those out. Turn them in at Guest Connections. Now I'm done. This morning, we are thrilled to have uh, Nate and Ruth with us. You guys want to come up? Thrilled to have them with us. Uh, Nate and Ruth are uh, family and missionaries that we've been supporting for years, and we're thrilled to have them with us to 
share their journey about where God's calling them and just the, uh, how he's at work in their lives. So, Great. Thanks so much. It's always so much fun and such a privilege for us to be here. As the family grows, it gets more and more difficult <laughs> to do that, but it's always a blessing to do that. Uh, real quick, I want to introduce my wife, Ruth. Could you stand up with our beautiful, just about eight-month-old daughter, Sarah? And we have twins that are four years old. They're back having fun in Children's Church right now. And so, um, but as I said, we're just thrilled to be here. I think the last time we were here was maybe two years ago. Uh, time really flies. Um, yeah, when you're getting old and chubby. <laughs> and so, uh, but it's wonderful to be here. Um, we are just really excited for what God is doing uh, and what, what he is going to do. Uh, we have been missionaries for seven years in Brazil. In fact, oh, here we go. Here's the rest of the family. There's Becca on the left-hand side and Anna on the right, in case you couldn't tell which one is which. <laughs> you can go to the next picture here. Um, here's where we've been living and serving for seven years. It's Santarém, which runs along the Amazon River in Brazil. The, the chocolate milk part of the river, that's actually the Amazon River. And the dark blue, dark part is uh, the Tapajós River. And they come together there, um, right in front of Santarém. And it's just a beautiful place. The, the river there is 30 miles wide, so it's just, just little, you know. <laughs> We, we lived in the Quad Cities before we moved there, and we have there the mighty Mississippi. Well, <laughs> yeah, really, it's nothing like that. Um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit just about what God's been doing in Brazil through our lives, through, through your support, because we're missionaries across point here, and also what God is doing, his calling. I thought the music this morning, oh, my goodness, it was just powerful. You know, uh, the words of those songs and, and the emotion of it, and the calling of God upon our lives. I really believe, I just felt as we were there worshiping, God has callings that he's going to give out this morning to people. Maybe you've never felt that calling of God in your life, but he's going to make that clear this morning just by us sharing our story. Because we've experienced a couple different types of callings, and I believe God is going to touch people with each one of those types of callings here this morning. So why don't we start with some prayer here, first of all. Dear Lord Jesus, we just praise you that you are the God who loves, you are the God who saves, you are the God who heals, you are the God who moves mountains, you are the God, the beginning and the end. There is no other like you, and we are here to worship you today and to lift your name on high, that your Holy Spirit could be here touching hearts for what you have for this time, that you would be separating people for your purposes, for your work that you would be encouraging your church and all that they've been involved with overseas in Brazil and what they are being involved with even now here locally, uh, nationally, and internationally. We just thank you for this wonderful time we have this morning. We ask that you make the most of it as we follow you, as we continue to seek you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so now we can go on in the pictures. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Here is downtown Santarém. You see that church right in the middle. It's bright blue. Brazilians like bright colors, all right? So we come back, and, and all the houses are like brown and gray and everything. You don't see that in Brazil. Bright blue, orange, yellow. You see a yellow building there to the left. I mean, it's, it's just something, something else. But Brazil is traditionally a Catholic nation. So if you ask people, 
they're from Brazil, they'll say, oh, we're Catholic. They might not ever go to church, but they would say, oh, we're Catholic. So they already have some base in, in believing who God is, even to some extent believing who Jesus is. Um, next picture, please. And this is how you get around on the river on big boats to get a, because there's no highway system. The Amazon basin is huge. It's almost the size of the continental U.S., but there are no freeways. There's no highways. It would be kind of like if you lived back before even the trains were constructed here in the States, and going west was like a huge expedition. It took months. Well, it can take weeks for us to get to a village that's in the interior because we have to go by boat. And Project Amazon has over 80 boats to reach communities that don't have the gospel, to plant churches there, win people, make disciples, and plant churches. And that's what Project Amazon's been doing for about 40 years. We've planted over 700 churches. And uh, the last two years, each one of those years, we've planted near, nearly 100 churches. And that's part of your fruit. <laughs> I want you to understand that as Crosspoint, you're involved in this. Um, and that is an awesome thing to be involved with. That's having a huge impact. Uh, okay. And there we are. I'm, I'm actually in this picture. I'm like going like this in the back. My dad's up front here. He's, we grew up in East Peoria. I did, I should say. Um, my brother's in there as well, and this is a team. From, my mother's in there too. Um, but we go out. We build churches that, uh, that we've started. And it's quite an experience to go out on the river in fact, uh, there's going to be a missions trip coming up uh, in a little bit that uh, New Life Christian Church is going on. But John Utt, one of our friends, is, is leading that. And he wanted even to open it up here for anyone from uh, Crosspoint that would want to go. So I can even get information on that uh, afterwards. It's in, in November, I believe. It's an amazing experience. You've never done anything like it, I guarantee you. <laughs> so... And here we go. There's the churches. That's what they look like when they're done, when they plant. This is along the Amazon River. The river uh, rises and goes down nearly 30 feet um, every year. So they, a lot of the churches, like this one, is built up on stilts because the water will come up all the way almost to the church. In fact, we had a flood a couple years ago. It went over. Over 30 of our churches, the water went over the floors. So we had to go back and fix a lot of that. But people pull them up like it's... Uh, Brazilian Venice, you know, in canoe, <laughs> taking pictures. And, no, that's just the foreigners. <laughs> okay, next picture, please. And here we go. This is the mother church, that, which is where I was serving locally, uh, in Santarém. Santarém is a city, it's kind of like the Peoria area. It's got about 200,000 people. There's a big Cargill plant there <laughs> for soybeans that they ship off to China. And... Uh, but this is the mother church. It's been, it was started, I want to say, about 35 years ago. But especially in the last 15 years, it has been growing by leaps and bounds because of uh, various factors. God's really moving in Brazil right now. Just people are very responsive to him. But then we have an amazing program that, I say program, it's practice. What we do with all our believers is we train them to be leaders and start leading their own cell group and win their friends and families for Christ multiply their cell groups, and the people they're discipling then are, are leading the, the other cell groups. It has an amazing vision for the kingdom and kingdom growth and winning those that are lost around you. And now we have over 7,000 cell groups. That means there's over 7,000 leaders. It averages to 60,000 people in the church. Can you imagine that? 60,000, that's a quarter of the city <laughs> that's going to the church. Praise the Lord. When 40 years ago, 
there was a handful of evangelical churches there in Santarém. And so this is really what's really driving a lot of the church planning now. It's not so much the foreign missionaries. Uh, the church and its resources are really going towards that. It's a very mission-minded church. Um, here's a baptism where everyone in white here is getting baptized. It's about 1,000 people at this baptism, and we have two, sometimes three a year that they do. And they call it the three, uh, the three great uh, festas, parties, kind of. So this really is a time of party, of being baptized, of becoming a member of, uh, of the church for those who have already been baptized or those getting baptized, and they also become members if they want to be uh, in a time of just really celebrating what God is doing. And there you go. People come up, and then it's Splash Fest. <laughs> Look out if you have a camera. <laughs> and we had the privilege of uh, baptizing several people that we have won for the Lord before. This is a recent couple that we won a year ago for the Lord. And uh, we got to baptize them. Was it in July, I believe? Um, you were pregnant. Oh, so it would have to be May, probably. May or June. I think it was June. Uh, hard to remember. Ruth was big and pregnant with Sarah. So I went in there, and usually Ruth would have been the one to baptize the wife. The people that won them or are discipling them are the ones that baptize them. It's, it's really cool. Uh, kind of a spiritual fatherhood or spiritual motherhood, if you will. Um, and this is the vision. They're in our cell group. Now they're, they're being trained and encouraged to, to be leaders, to go through the classes, to start... Uh, I remember the first, right before we left, uh, she gave the, for the first time the word in the cell group, which is based off the word on Sunday. So <laughs> she was really nervous, but she did a great job. And that's the way people start learning. They, they do the offering. They do worship. Even if they don't sing or play an instrument, you put a CD player up there. Okay, here's the songs I picked. Play. Amen. Let's go. <laughs> so it's great. Okay, next. And... We have that, that other slide that I showed. We have a church building, and there's seven services just at that building on a Sunday. So it's going right now, and it'll go till 9 o'clock tonight. And uh, the, I was really involved with the worship team. So I was often doing five services in a Sunday. Um, it's a, it makes for a long day, but very, very fulfilling, very rewarding when you get home and you crash and you turn on the TV. <laughs> but, uh, but it's really neat. And this is something desperately needed that they're building. It's an auditorium for nearly 15,000 people. And already they're going to have to have multiple services when it starts. So you see just the amazing thing that God is doing through his church there, that, that you're all a part of, that we're all a part of. And when you get everyone together, it's, just, you, it's really hard to get everyone together, actually. But it happens every once in a while. Okay. And here was uh, my amazing worship team that the last year I was there, I was uh, actually leading the worship teams there. Nearly 250 people just in the worship teams, you know. So we would have our worship meetings, and it would be about like this <laughs> with everyone who was involved in the worship team with the 30 different campuses that we had, everything like that. It, it was phenomenal. It was an amazing experience to, uh, to, be, to be a part of that. And to get to lead this amazing bunch of people, uh, which is fantastic. And here is, we were talking about this yesterday. We had lunch with, uh, I had lunch with Dave and Eric. And uh, we were talking about these big uh, evangelical crusades, I guess you would call them, a three-night event that we have every year. And its purpose is to bring people into the kingdom. 
and uh, we often win around a thousand people. Um, we've won more, we've won a little less, but usually a thousand people for Christ at, at a big event like this. And then they get dialed right in. Usually they're coming to a cell group, so they already have a place where they're connected. Uh, if they don't have a discipler, they get a discipler already when they make their decision. It's, it's a very powerful time uh, and very neat. It's every July. So, yep, there I am sweating it up. <laughs> I, I have not been sweating here since I've been back. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, here's just a view from the church. God has been really moving. There's been a couple Sundays where uh, the pastor got up to preach, and the presence of the Lord was so strong. He's like, I can't even preach. And it was just, I mean, goosebumps and and just amazing what God's been doing there. Um, And then here, this is not Santarang. Anyone know where this is? Just looks like Chicago. Yeah, kind of. It's uh, Tokyo, Japan. A year ago, we were asked to, to go on a trip to Tokyo to take our encounters, which is what we, we have like an encounter weekend where we take new converts off for a weekend. And we really, one to two months before, we're really praying for them. We're really uh, asking that the Lord breaks through in their lives with, with not just head knowledge of a lot of people know, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Or I, I shouldn't be, you know, involved in this. But they don't have the power to overcome the things in their lives that they want to overcome. Well, we pray for that revelation, for that breakthrough, for that in that weekend to happen. And, and God always shows up powerfully. It's amazing. Uh, and people's lives are transformed through it. And so they asked, we have four churches, Project Amazon sent missionaries, well, I should say a missionary over 25 years ago, Ruth's uncle, Tim Huber. And he's been there faithfully planting God's word, uh, building the kingdom. And they have four churches over there now. And they asked us to go with a team to go over to Japan to, um, to plant, uh, well, I said to plant the encounter weekend, to do the first one. And so let me back up just a little bit now because this really gets into uh, some of what I felt God was even saying here just a little bit ago and about God's calling. Because those of you who, who know me before, I grew up with Stephen, with Eric, there in the youth group there at New Life. And we were under Jeff Hagstrom, and uh, it was an amazing time, very formative years for me, and uh, an amazing time. And God has, it's amazing to see how God has separated so many of those that came up through the, through the church. Eric, for, for the amazing ministry here. Stephen, with his service here, with the, that bass player that's been at it for almost 20 years. You know? <laughs> I don't think it's quite that much. Stephen, are you here? Are you 20 years? 10 years, okay. <laughs> but you've got a better beard than I have. <laughs> that's what it takes to be a bass player, maybe. I don't know. Um, but then also Dave, who came up, he was an insurance, insurance agent, right, with State Farm? Sort of. He worked for State Farm, let's say, okay? Um, and uh, Jason Morris, I think of, at New Life, and also Josh Trueblood, and so many others, and so many others of you who have responded to God's call in your life. Um, they weren't, and, and me too, uh, we weren't trained to go, oh, I'm going to be a pastor, or I'm going to be a missionary. I never thought I was going to be a missionary. Maybe I would have prepared a little differently, but God called. And that's what made the difference. God equips when he calls. Um, 
Will it be difficult? Yes. <laughs> but the rewards are greater than any challenge that we have. And uh, I was a worship pastor in the Quad Cities, uh, much like Eric, you know. Uh, and I went down to visit my parents, who are missionaries in Brazil with Project Amazon. And at that time, I was really, really sweet on Ruth. She wasn't sweet on me. <laughs> her, this, it's the truth. And um, her parents are the directors of the mission of Project Amazon. So she was going down there for Christmas to spend the time with her parents. And I was also going down there for the first time because my parents had just gone on the mission field. And so I was really praying, Lord, if Ruth is to be my wife, you know, I need to have a call for missions because she has a call for missions. But I don't want a call just because I want to get married to her. I want it to be a, the real deal, you know. A, a calling, and if not, I don't want to. I don't want to go anywhere uh, that that wouldn't be your your perfect will. So I was praying before we went down, and when I went into that the the church, you saw the picture of the church. It's just packed, and the praise and worship started, and I felt the presence of the Lord so strong. It was like no other experience I've had since, or had up until then, or I've had since even. And the Lord spoke. So clearly to me, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was just one of those things you just know that you know. Um, he says, this is what I have for you. It's like a lightning moment, you know. And I was like, whoa, you know, my whole world just changed. And when God did that, all of a sudden, Ruth got really sweet on me. <laughs> See, all of a sudden, she liked me. I don't know what the deal was. Before we left Brazil, I knew I was coming back as a missionary and we had set a day for, date for our marriage. I hadn't even proposed yet. <laughs> that was one crazy two weeks. <laughs> so, so God called like that, and I was so thrilled because I needed something strong like that because I was already serving in ministry, let's say, you know. And God often calls those who are already the busiest with him because he sees there's somebody who's doing, already cares about what the Father's doing and is already involved in it in some way. And he calls deeper, or he calls to the next thing. And so really the first step is if you're not even involved at all, is to start getting involved. Because God loves to call those who are busy. He doesn't call those who are lazy. <laughs> Sometimes he'll call you to wake up, you know, like, come on, let's get going, let's move something. But when he has something specific, he's looking for somebody who's really involved in what he's doing, you know, and really caring. And that can be hard because you might really love what you're doing. <laughs> Just like I did when I was, at, uh, when I was up at, in the Quad Cities. Um, but he arranged everything with the blessing of the church, the blessing here as well, and several other churches. We became missionaries. Um, and, and it was just amazing to see what God did after that. Now we come to this you know, Japan. And not only are we asked to go over there to help them do their first encounter weekend, but um, uh, two years ago, right after I went, came back from the States and I went to Brazil, I just felt something was different. I don't know how to say it. I thought I was homesick at first. I started praying about it, and it got worse. I'm like, Lord, you got to take this weird feeling away. It almost feels like I'm not supposed to be here. And, you know, and I just prayed more and more, and it just got stronger and stronger. So I opened up about it to our disciples, who are Ruth's parents, 
that was weird at first, opening up with my in-laws <laughs> about certain aspects of marriage and, and all kinds of stuff, but it's been a huge blessing. I love and admire them so much. And that's not just because Ruth's here listening to me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I told them about this, and, and Ruth's mom got really excited. She's like, we've been praying so much for a team to go to Japan because they've been asking for a team of people that could come over there that could do all that we're already doing with the cell groups and the discipleship and really give a boost to that country because we really feel like the time of the Lord is, is coming for that, for that country. The harvest is really coming. So we're like, wow, you know, I never imagined I would leave Brazil. I never imagined I would go to Brazil in the first place. You know? And uh, so we decided, okay, well, we'll go on this trip. One of the things that we were really praying about when we went to Japan, you can go to the, to the next one, is, is even this. It is uh, people have their lives, and they're very entrenched in them, and they, their society uh, really dictates how their lives are going to go. It's about work. It's about achieving. If you're not an achiever or an overachiever, you're not worth much to the society. And because of that, they have huge problems with suicide, with depression, um, but on a positive side, it's a very, uh, very courteous country. When you visit there, everyone's so polite and everyone's so helpful because it's part of their culture. Um, there's very little crime there. It's, it, it really is quite amazing. But we were praying because the churches there have always had a problem here with breaking through um, traditions, breaking through all the different things that hold the people back from really growing in Christ. And so the churches don't grow that fast, and it's, it takes a long time even to, to, to win someone for Christ. And so we were praying, Lord, the same things you do in our counter weekends in Brazil, we want to see happen in Japan. And as we were praying and fasting before this event, God did even more in our hearts. He gave us lots of scriptures about the great harvest that is coming. And he started putting on our hearts that Japan is about to have a time of harvest. Um, anyone who knows about Japan knows there's never been a revival or even like an outbreak of the gospel there. But there have, for many, many years, centuries, there have been missionaries that have gone there, faithfully planting the seed, the, the word, of the, the seed of the Lord, the gospel. And the Lord laid on our heart that nothing sown for the kingdom is sown in vain; that there is going to be a huge harvest coming. And we feel that it's in this generation. And there was some amazing things that the Lord was really uh, showing to our team that went there. And when we went there and we did the encounter, we saw the Lord break through in ways that uh, Ruth's uncle, Tim, who's been there 25 years, he's, he said, I have never seen breakthroughs like this in my life of people just completely turned around uh, uh, sins and old habits and vices broken in a, in a weekend. Um, just by the presence of the Lord and, and his word just really going into people's lives. Um, people being excited about missions, being excited about winning their coworkers, their families for Christ, about living for Christ, which in Japan, if you live for Christ, it's, I mean, it's difficult enough to really live for Christ here in the States, but in Japan, it's, it's almost like you're a part of a cult and your family can disown you for it. And it's a really radical decision there. But we saw people making that radical decision, and it, it was amazing. So while I was there, uh, this, this is Paul, Paul on the left-hand side. This is Ruth's younger brother. 
one of the really neat things is a lot of these people on the team happen to be our siblings that are going. Uh, to, to It's going to be a lot of fun to be together and work together. We were, we're all over the globe, and we're all going there to, to work together. But he's been there a year and a half to help them transition to the cell groups, the one-on-one discipleship, and we really admire him. Uh, he's, he's even skinnier now. He's been working so much. But the service there that they do is bilingual, English and Portu- or in Portuguese and Japanese. Sometimes I forget where I am. <laughs> Fair enough, right? <laughs> so you can go on here. And this is called the Fuse. And this is really where we're going to be working and investing. We have five, six committed couples uh, that are going. Five of them have young kids just like, just like us in the same stage of life. It's really neat. The team that the Lord is really putting together that we feel. Um, so when I went to Japan, I was praying for that, Lord, I need another lightning experience, you know, I need one of those, this is what I have for you moments, you know. <laughs> and please don't make it in Japanese because I won't understand it. <laughs> and so that's, maybe he did speak and maybe it wasn't Japanese because I didn't hear it. I didn't have one of those moments. And so I went back really excited for what God is doing in Japan, but going back and thinking, I didn't feel a call. And... Now what? But I didn't feel a no either. It just, there was no answer. It was like, great, now what? Things in Brazil are going so well. And it's with the worship team. We put out two CDs. We were traveling all over Brazil doing worship conferences, all kinds of things. That It was very fulfilling from a, a ministerial standpoint. And our both of our parents were there. It was a wonderfully, I would say almost we got to a comfortable place, you know, in ministry, in our family life. We felt, comfort, we felt at home in Brazil. And so to, to once again pull up the roots and go to the great unknown, it was like, well, I want to really be sure that this is what the Lord has. And there was no lightning moment of I can be totally sure. So what happened? We started praying more and more about it. And of June, July of last year, the more I was praying, the more Lord laid on my heart that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he send out workers. So what's he saying? He says, open your eyes to see the great harvest. In other words, did you see it? Are you seeing it? Are you the ones that are seeing the great harvest? Then you are the ones to go. And he just, but it wasn't like a, a, a moment. It was something he really started working in my heart. Nate, you're seeing the great things that God is doing in Japan and what he's about to do. And now God's just recruiting his team. He wants to see who, who can see that harvest and who will go. And that is enough of a calling. That is the calling. Go and make disciples. That means where you are right now. That means when you go to work. That means when you're locally, when you go nationally, maybe to help with Jeff and Angie there who, who are doing some great things down in Louisiana, right? Mississippi. <laughs> that means when you go internationally, Brazil or, or Japan, he is looking for those who will, who will pray to see the harvest, that see the harvest and respond to that. Uh, like Isaiah, you know, the Lord asks, who will we send? Who shall I send? He didn't zap Isaiah and say, okay, go. No, Isaiah saw the need, and he said, send me. And the Lord said, amen, I found a friend.
somebody who's going to do my will, somebody who's after my heart, what I want to do. And both callings are, are special and important. That lightning moment that I needed to jolt me out of the direction that I was going to see what, what God had for me, something I never imagined. And then this other way of almost like a friendship with God. God saying, hey, look what I'm about to do. Oh, cool, God, I really want to be a part of that. You know? And I see that you're going to need help there. I really want to be part of the, the solution. And so... Um, you can go on to the next slide here. I kind of forget what I am. Oh, yes. These are really squashed children here. <laughs> Wearing their little space goggles from Japan. Now, check this out. Let me read this for you here for, for those that's hard to read. There are more people living inside this circle than outside of it. That's Japan. That's China. That's India, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, North and South Korea, a good part of Mongolia. That's amazing when I saw that. And come to think of it, Japan is, depending on who you listen to, it's the second or third most unreached group in the world. And you just see how God is preparing to win what, what has not been won yet and really go after this area. And so the challenge is great, but we're ready, we're ready to move, and we're so thrilled uh, to have each one of you uh, with us. I, I want to do real quick, because I really feel like the Lord is, is uh, here and he's moving and he's touching hearts. Uh, I want to sing a song. This is, song is called Who Will Go? And it's exactly what we've been talking about this morning. It's what the Lord laid on our hearts. And, um, and so let me do this real quick. And as I sing this, I just ask that you would be open to what the Lord has for you, for your family, what he's saying to you. Maybe it's to get involved in something here locally. Perhaps it's to go nationally, internationally. Perhaps it's just to start being bold about your faith at your church or wherever you are or at your church. Yeah, at your church would be important, but at your work, you know, at your school. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for all that you're doing all over the world. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We say that your will is definitely the best place to be and where we want to be. For each and every person here, can they feel your touch of love? Perhaps it's a touch of direction. Perhaps you have opened their eyes to see through your Holy Spirit what you are doing all around them here in Eureka, here locally. And now you are looking for people who will say, yes, Lord, send me. I will go. Jesus once said Harvest is great, but the workers are so few. Jesus, 
nosso céu Could make disciples Of all of the nations Open your eyes to see presence here. Thank you for your wonderful purposes, which are greater than what we could ask or imagine for our own lives. Thank you for so many people here who have already responded to your call and respond each and every day to you. From this place, Lord, raise up future missionaries, future pastors. Raise up disciples to disciple a new generation that will live radically for your purposes for what you are doing in and through your church, through what you want to do. 
And may you use each and every person here for your glory. May you bless them beyond belief as they seek you, as they put their lives in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.